Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. You're listening uh, here up and down the Front Range in Colorado on the Grace FM radio network, 89.7, up in the metro area through Cheyenne, Wyoming, 101.7 throughout uh, Colorado Springs. And and, I want you guys to be praying, especially you guys down in Colorado Springs, because there's something going through the FCC right now that could very well uh, open the door for us to double our output of our station down there, which would be an incredible uh, addition to to our reach. Uh, it, would, it would clear that signal up so much, because uh, what we lack in height of the antenna, we would gain uh, with power. Uh, and so just be in prayer when you think about it. I got another email today uh, to go to the FCC website. Um, maybe um, maybe we'll post something or see if we can get the word out. Maybe if you're in the Springs and you're 1017 is a station that really blesses you, you can go to the website with these instructions and, and jot notes down to support it. Uh, it's a pretty complicated instructions, but not uh, pretty thorough instructions. It takes a few steps. But uh, you were listening on uh, Hope FM or Truth FM or or an anywhere else podcast, then you're listening to a, a delayed broadcast. It's live uh, broadcast on Grace FM, um, but it is one week delayed across the country. And so you can still call in during the show, <clears throat> and we'll answer it live. We'll talk live. You just won't hear it for a week. Uh, and and you'll, when you're listening to the radio next week, it'll be today's broadcast. But it, it sounds a little more than it is. It's easy. You're just listening and call in while we're on. So give us a call. 303-690-3000 is the number to dial to get on the air. And you can always text me. We have a dedicated texting line. And I do apologize. Uh, sometimes I can get to the text and sometimes I can't. Like yesterday was a time where... I was able to answer the text. I answered them today, but I was able to answer the text. But I don't know how today will go. Uh, depending on how many phone calls we get, <clears throat> I'll fill uh, the I'll fill the show with uh, text questions. Seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. So last night uh, before service, I was walking around just uh, talking to people and ministering in the cafe. We have a cafe downstairs where you can come early and. I uh, can't wait. We're remodeling all downstairs. I mean, we haven't broke ground yet, but man, is it going to be incredible. And we're going to put in a real coffee house and real machines and, um, you know, it's it's going to be awesome. Uh, and and so while I was walking around, uh, little Trinity uh, came up and gave me a, a delayed birthday present. Maybe some of you have uh, I've seen this. It's called Bean Boozled Jelly Beans, Jelly Bellies. And this is where you get to pick one, and it's one of two things. So, like, you, the green one is either lime or lawn clippings. 
the brown one is either chocolate pudding or canned dog food. Uh, the orange one is either strawberry banana smoothie or dead fish. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Another orange one was peach or barf. Uh, or the white one is coconut or spoiled milk. Now, I don't know if you have uh, ever done this, but we walked around just to see who would do it. I, I was the first one. It was my gift. It was a gift to me, so I, I did. Uh, I, if I was going to ask somebody to do it, I'm going to do it myself. And so I picked a white one. And I was, we all anticipated, because when somebody eats it, you just stare at them, and then you can see in their face whether it was a good one or a bad one, and I picked not coconut, but spoiled milk, and it was nasty. Uh, and then we just went around, had some fun, uh, and it reminds me that uh, you never know. Uh, I was thinking, I used it as an illustration uh, in a Bible study not too long ago, but last night, it just struck me that... You, you can have something that looks the same, appears the same, I mean, from all outward appearances, uh, and, and you don't know until you bite into it. And I thought of that in the teaching of Jesus when he told us to watch out for wolves in sheep's clothing, uh, especially, you know, around sheep, because a wolf in sheep's clothing is going to blend in really well with sheep. and 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 just thinking that, you know, they look the same, they sound the same, uh, hallelujah, praise the Lord, they learn the language real quickly, they buy a nice Bible, they get involved in small groups, and on and on, but you don't know who they are until they bite you. It's not like jelly bellies, but they're, they'll bite you, and you always know a wolf, and even a wolf in sheep's clothing, by the, the absolute destruction and bloody mess that's left in their uh, in the you know the path behind them, and uh, not good, not good. But um, anyway, we had some fun, and and I see that the lines are starting to um, starting to fill up. So let's go to them. Esther's in Colorado Springs. Esther, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Um, Hi. I want to say how much I get out of your teaching. I'm in Colorado Springs. And um, oh. I wanted to tell you while we're on the subject, um, I'm in the south end of Colorado Springs, and I thought I should get a really good signal down here, but I do not. So I'm no. extra happy about maybe getting a better signal. Pray for us. I mean, because we either want a stronger station or we want to trade up and buy a different one. But, you know, that was our – it's so you, – you know, radio in Colorado is, is like the real estate market. It, there is nothing available. And yeah. so when this little station came up and, and it was offered to us, we're like, we'll take it, you know, like, boom, it was even oh, before yeah. we put it on the open market. And, but yeah, you'll, you know, the best way, the best thing to do, uh, is to listen on the app because then, you know, on your phone yes. um, or on your computer, cause it comes in super clear, but pray for us. Oh, yeah. I hope we can, we'll do it. If, if we gets approved, we will right away hire an engineer and get this thing going to up our, up our power down there. Oh, that would be like just so awesome, and it, it would that be. that reminds me of a question: Is there anything that people can do to encourage them to do it, or is it just all up to the FCC? There is. I mean, it, it really it's it's both actually. Um, it is all up to the FCC, but there's an open window right now. We're on the second step. It says um, 
that, you know, if you email me, I will send you, I will forge you this email exactly what to do. Okay. Because there's like seven, eight, nine steps uh, to do. And he's very detailed on how to do it. But you got to type something, put it in a file, and then go all to this website. But it's not as complicated as it sounds. It just has to be very specific. Oh, neat. That's awesome. I will will do it. Great. Um, What can I do for you? Well, I'm totally blind, and I have the opportunity to buy one of the... It's like an electronic Bible. And um, I can get up to three different translations on it. Okay. And I know that I want the King James, and I know that I want New American Standard. Okay. Um, those are two that I'm pretty partial to. And I was going to get NIV, but then somebody told me that NIV was more like thought-for-thought thought than word-for-word word translation. Yes. I want some kind of a more literal translation than I do okay. a thought-for-thought. And uh, okay. I was wondering if you had any suggestions what the third one could be. Okay, I do have a suggestion, but before I, t- I suggest the third literal transition, let me, let me offer you a different thought. Okay. So if you have three options for free, I would choose, I would keep the choices of your two literals, and then I would choose a third, a little more looser um, translation for the sake of mixing it up, for the sake of devotionals, uh, for the sake of, you know, you're reading it in a word-for-word kind of, you know, when the, the New American Standard and the King James have a real historic, you know, an- almost ancient language. Uh, and and sometimes when I'm reading, before I even go to a dictionary or to my Strong's Concordance or anything, I'll go to another uh, looser translation, like a paragraph or paragraph, or what I would suggest, if they have the New Living Translation, I would get that as a third one. Oh, okay. And and here's the New Living. The New Living is written at a lower grade level. You know, like So the two you suggested, King James, New American Standard, not only do they seek to have a word-for-word, which is why sometimes the sentences sound backwards or they're, they don't flow well because um, they wanted to be more accurate to the to the word. Um, the, they're written at like a twelfth grade twelfth grade reading level, uh, where the New Living. I forget. I haven't looked it up recent, but I think the New Living is down at the seventh or the eighth grade reading level, which makes it a much easier read. It's not a paraphrase. It is a true translation. Oh, it, it is. is just, okay, I thought it was a paraphrase, like the Living. So the living is a paraphrase. That was um, his last name was Taylor. He wrote that for his grandkids. Oh um, wow! But the but the new living is different. It's not the living Bible. It's a translation, and and it, they do a great job. I mean, I was I was thinking we've always talked about whether we would move on from the New King James uh, in our church, and and if we ever did that, I would go to the New Living Translation and teach from oh. that uh, because it's so relatable. Uh, it connects with uh, with the with with those that are listening today, you know. Because when I teach, um, uh, when when I study, I use multiple versions, uh, and and using the New Living would be the relatable readability for the audience, whereby I teach the exact same way. Um, you know, I'd still look up the words, I'd still uh, exegetically develop the text, but it's just so more. The, the language is so relatable today. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, I come to a twisted sentence or, you know, what does that mean? And I 
pull out the new living and they, the way they, they wrote it, I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Gee, that's good. So that that's my suggestion, but to answer your question, if I was adding another literal translation, I would choose the ESV. I, I forget what it stands for, but it's E as in Edward, S. Probably English Standard Version. Yeah, and it's an update of the old, um, they updated it for more accuracy from the old uh, Revised Standard, I think. Oh, they did, okay. Yeah, the RSV. And it's pretty good. It, the, uh, reason, it's, it, the reason I'm asking is a friend of mine read something to me out of it, a verse, and it was like, it just went totally over my head, and I don't know why, because I'm usually pretty good at understanding things like, if I can't figure out the King James, then I go to, like, New American Standard. But yes. this, I couldn't make out, and I thought, I don't know if it's because it's English, or if that means American English or British English, but something didn't sound understandable to me, and I didn't know if well, all probably, of it was that way. No, probably for a couple of reasons. One, you're probably trained to hear the Bible in the in the new, in the old King James, so uh, any variation is going to be a little different. But the ESV is is more of a scholarly approach to the Bible. You know, most Reformed churches use it. Um, the you know Calvinists and um, Presbyterians and Lutherans. It's it's become the popular uh, the popular translation uh, in the Reformed churches, which which really have a high level and dedication to teaching God's Word when they approach it. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's not free. I pay for it, but it's a neat thing. It's, um, I don't know, for anybody out there listening, if they, um, if they need a, a good Bible, I, I'm trying to remember the name of the company, um, but it's a wonderful, you can get... Um, Bibles that are spoken and they're electronic, and you just you can flip to the book you want, the passage you want, the verse you want, and it's not complicated, you know, stuff. And you can, it's real small and compact, and you can carry it in a purse or in a case that you put it in, and um, it's just real handy. So I'm anxious to get mine. Right on. Well, let us know how it goes when you get it. Oh, I sure will. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Thank God you so you. much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. So, so I do want, uh, for those of you, anybody can, it uh, doesn't matter where you live, anybody can do this um, to petition the FCC and put your remarks in for this power upgrade. So if you will email me, pastored at calvaryaurora.org, uh, I, will, I will forward you the instruction email and every single uh, response matters. And so if you'll email me, I'll respond, say, hey, I want to I wanna contact the FCC to help the, um, um, to help the uh, power. Uh, just mention the FCC in your email. That'll remind me. I get hundreds of emails a day. So just make sure FCC's in there, and I'll respond to it with that information. 303-690-3000. My email is pastored at calvaryaurora.org. Christopher in Denver is on line two. Christopher, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you, Pastor Ed. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I had a question regarding um, John, the verse in John chapter 12, 31, regarding the words uh, cast out. I was wondering if you could shed some light on that. 
Thank you. I uh, well, let's um, let's see what Jesus says here in John twelve thirty. Jesus answered and said, "This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now the judgment of this world, now the ruler of this world, will be cast out. And if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself." And so the now, uh, in context, is is directed toward the cross, and the cross in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ spells out the absolute defeat of Satan. Uh, and, and while we, may, we, aren't, we haven't yet to experience it, the cross has provided in the perfect timing of God the absolute defeat of Satan. And you'll read at the end of the book of Revelation, indeed, cast out is exactly what it means. Um, he, they are cast out, they're cast into the lake of fire for eternal judgment. Amen. Uh, th- amen. Thank you for answering my question. You're welcome. Great question. Thanks for asking it. Have a good day. Okay, bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Nick in Westminster, Colorado. Nick, welcome to the program. Hey, Nick, are you with us? Line three. So I'm going to answer his phone call. I don't think he's with us, but I'm going to answer his question like he texted it in. Moses and Pharaoh, why did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Because God used the hardened heart of Pharaoh to accomplish his purposes. Remember, when when Pharaoh hardened his when God hardened Pharaoh's heart, it was already hardened. So it wasn't hardened against his will. He only established Pharaoh that in in hardening his heart established Pharaoh to do what he already wanted to do. So think about it this way: parents uh, deal with this all the time with their kids. If the kids want to rebel, they just want to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. Uh, there are times when parents go, "Well, okay, if that's what you want, that's what you get," and even set the situation up for for that to be to be accomplished. But you know, the the broader picture of or the bigger. The bigger part of the the question is, you know, let's answer it biblically. Why did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Because he wanted to. God has that sovereignty, that sovereign power over his creation, and he wanted to, number one. Number two, looking backwards now, we see that he hardened Pharaoh's heart uh, to accomplish his sovereign purpose. And number three, he hardened Pharaoh's heart because Pharaoh hardened his own heart. So, simple question. I mean, simple answer. Probably more complicated question, but next time, uh, Nick, stick with us and we can talk about it. All right, we're going to move on to line number one is Jeff in Aurora, Colorado. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing well, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. That's good. I can't complain. Excellent. What's going on? Uh, a friend of mine... Uh, he, we believe that his cancer is reoccurred. I just want to have prayers for his family to strengthen him. He's comfortable with it. He is a believer. We actually attend the church in uh, Aurora. You're a pastor, so yes, sir. What an honor! I appreciate it. One of these um, what's days, his name? I, I'm looking. His name is Jim Carter. Jim. Okay. So, All right, well, let's uh, let's pray for him. 
Father, we do pray for Jim in this uh, very scary um, diagnosis, and we're just asking for you to touch him, Lord. You're the God of, of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. You're the God that heals. Uh, you're the God that loves and cares, and you're the God that uses medical um, technology. You're the God that supernaturally heals. You're the God that we yield our lives to for your will to be done. And, and so, God, would you, would you be with our brother and uh, have the privilege of serving him and, and just knowing that uh, as he goes through this trying time that you will be made uh, known in a new, fresh way and his relationship will grow. And we can't wait to hear of your perfect will in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Okay, my brother. You take care and God Bye-bye. bless. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 303-690-3000 is the number. It's Wani in Byers, Colorado. Wani, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you so much for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I have a question about when Nicodemus met with Jesus, and Jesus told him, you must be born by the water and by the blood. I have been taught that the water is the natural birth, and the blood is the blood of Jesus. But somebody very, very close to me from a very conservative denomination says, no, that means the water of baptism, and of course, you know, Jesus' um, crucifixion, and that if you have not been immersed in water, you are not saved. Well, that's a pretty common uh, un- position, unfortunately. I, I I hold to the view that you've been taught that that the water there represents birth. Uh, it doesn't represent water baptism. There's really no, there's nowhere in the conversation with Nicodemus that Jesus indicates that any human work uh, is necessary for salvation. As a matter of fact, he puts it into he put his his Jesus explanation of of being saved and having your sins forgiven was so dramatic to Nicodemus. Like it was so outside of his general normal way of thinking that he he asked him, am I supposed to go back into my mother's womb? And uh-huh. and he recognized that what Jesus was teaching was far different than the works oriented system of Judaism. Uh, and it shook him, you know, so much so that he didn't fully believe at that time. Um, yes. I think Jesus was planting seeds, so he didn't fully believe. So I, I don't believe the context of the text at all supports that view. Secondly, the Bible doesn't support that view. Um, the Bible doesn't support that bap- uh, the doctrine that's known as baptismal regeneration. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, there's a couple passages that teach specifically against that. Uh, one is found in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that we are not saved by our works. And baptism is a work. It is a yep. spiritual work. You could yep. even call it um, you could even call it a work of righteousness uh, and and re- or at least a work toward righteousness. I mean, because I guess for the people that believe in baptismal regeneration, they believe unbelievers are baptized. Huh. Right? Because that they have and you, if you get them to admit that, it'll make them feel like Nicodemus. Because I don't think they put two and two together. You know, my family actually grew up in a strict um, conservative denomination, very legalistic. That that still to this day holds to baptismal regeneration. Yes. And 
and uh, I don't, I, I don't. When you started talking the Bible with them, it was very hard for them to grasp the grace of God because it's been so ingrained. But you know, if if their doctrine is true, then unbelievers are water baptized, and so the question yeah. that I have is, where is there ever an example of unbelievers being water baptized? Yeah. Okay. In the Bible. But but listen to this. This is even more powerful. Uh, and I'm not doing a thorough answer to the baptismal generation, but just some thoughts to share with your friend. Okay. Because you're good friends. Um, and, and that is, when the kindness and the love, this is Titus chapter 3, verse 4. Okay. Uh, and 5, uh, and 6, and 7, this whole section. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. So notice here, regeneration, that the, the act of being born again, again, connecting back with Jesus, is associated with water. Okay. Washing. But it's not baptism because it can't possibly be baptism in this passage, because it says it's not by works of righteousness. There's wow. no work that you and I could do to be saved. None. There's zero. Um, mm -hmm. Now, a quick, um, we often refer to the the thief on the cross, right? Did he get down? Yes. Did Jesus say, get down off the cross? But they have a quick answer to that. I go, oh, that's, not, that's old covenant, not new covenant. And, yes. and really, mm -hmm. it's not, but I'll give that to them if they want. But take them to Acts chapter 10, and notice here that Cornelius, as he's talking with Peter here, um, that, let's see here, uh, Cornelius, he's preaching, um, while Peter, this is Acts chapter 10, verse 44, um, Cornelius and his family, now, I want you to watch the order here, this is very okay. important, okay, so, and see if you could pick it up. I'll just read it to you and see okay. if you can pick up what I'm what I'm putting down for you. Ready? Yeah. Uh, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as it came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, and Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should be not these not these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and they asked him to stay a few days. What do you yes. hear in that section? Well, they received the Holy Spirit before baptism. That's a pretty important observation. Uh, yes. They were saved before they were water baptized. Yes. As a matter of fact, yes. their their salvation moved Peter to baptize them. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. You know, it's difficult because this very close friend is my husband. <laughs> and that makes <laughs> well, it we're gonna so pray for difficult. Him. Yeah, let's pray for him in a minute, but I want to give you yes. one more. Okay. Um, I want to give you one more. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I don't have my Bible open. I'm using my computer. So, But this is a pretty important one, and we'll end on this. Okay. Um, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, and, and I want this... The context would be if, if water baptism is the absolute means of salvation, if that's the way a person is saved, listen to what Paul says. Uh, he says, I thank God that I baptized none of you. Yeah. Except Crispus and Gaius, 
lest you should say, I baptize in my own name. Yes, I baptize the household of Stephanus. Besides, I do not know who I baptize. And then here's the key. Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with yeah. wis- words of wisdom, lest the cross should be of made no effect. Like, if baptism equals the gospel, then Paul's wrong here. Wow. Okay. Thank you. So let me pray real quick, because the, the music's going to play. Lord, I just okay. pray for Wani and her husband in these theological discussions. We just thank you, God, that we can talk about these things. And she does have the privilege of serving her husband uh, with these truths of your word. And, and we just pray for a softness and a receptivity, not to man's opinion or, you know, not to what somebody heard on the radio, but what does the Bible say? And how will the Bible be used in such a way that um, will prick the heart and bring a brother to a deeper level of understanding in Jesus' name? Amen. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of today's program. I was looking over in our uh, in our text files. Nobody's texted me yet. So if you want your safe place, you can give me a text with your question, 720-336-0897. You should always put these numbers in your phone. That way you can use them uh, at any time. Texting is, you can put like, you know, Calvary Live text line, 720-336-0897. And then the Calvary Live on air number, this works anywhere around the country, 303-690-3000. All right, we're going to move on to line number three is Liz in Denver, Colorado. Liz, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. Um, the reason I'm calling is I want to ask prayer for my friend's family. Um, we have a friend at work. She, she's been at work for seven years. She yes. goes by Susie, but her name's Thelma. Um, for some reason, she didn't come into work today. She passed away, we heard. Oh, no. But, um, the good thing is that she was, she was saved, and my friend was telling me that she, she had a dream or a vision or something last night that she was telling her, look, Lucy, look, look, Jesus is right here. He's standing right next to me. And she thought it was a dream, or she doesn't know, but this morning, come to find out, she passed away. So, oh, wow. so we could just pray for the family, because yes. you know, part of me is like, I my heart's broken for the family, and then at the same time, I'm like, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's pray. Um, okay. God, we know that um, the loss of a loved one, a family member, a friend, is very difficult and uh, triggers just so many emotions and thoughts yeah. and difficulties in a person's life, and. And so for the grieving God, I pray for believers. They're grieving because your word says that we don't grieve like those who have no hope. And so there is an anchor to our pain. There is a hope to our pain. But I also pray for those that have been touched by this loss that that don't have a relationship with you, that this could be a catalyst in drawing their attention towards you. And this could be a catalyst, God, to uh, growing uh, their lives into a submitted, surrendered, born-again relationship with you. And so we just pray for the, the workplace, and even as you open doors for our sister Liz to um, to serve and to be ready to serve. 
and to take the church to the family, not just have the family go to the church. This, these are times, uh, God, that are incredible, and we pray for the open doors that no man can close. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. And, and you know, Liz, this is, you wouldn't be imposing yourself if you offered your help. Um, yeah. You know, because the times, uh, I teach the pastors here to in, to invite themselves into people's lives mm-hmm. when, when crisis comes, because they uh, folks don't often know to ask. Um, they don't know what they need in the midst of crisis. And, and, and so if you just say, uh, is it okay if I come over and pray with you? Is it okay if I come and sit with you? Can I make a meal for you? Um, those those little tokens are are huge things because that people don't forget the, the two things people don't forget in times of difficulty. Number one, they don't forget the kindness that was shown to them, and number two, they don't forget the neglect. Yeah. And yeah. and God may open a door if you have contact with the family that that you might even be the catalyst around the office to say, hey, why don't we take up a collection? I'll deliver it. Uh, we could buy, you know, whatever the whatever it ends up being. We can buy flowers. We can donate to her favorite charity, or and you could actually use it as a rallying cry with some of your coworkers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I did tell my friend. I was like, that's something that the family needs to hear. I said, so, you know, when you go to the funeral, you have to stand up and you have to let the family know to give them that hope. I said, and also for her unsafe family to hear that. You know, to use that as a launching board, you know, you know, just like, you know, Joseph said, that which was meant for bad, you know, use it for something good to glorify God. Yes. Like, I was like, the unsafe family needs to hear that, that, you know, she knew. She knew and she's happy now. And, you know, are yes. you? Are you? Do you have that hope? Do you have that same hope? Do you have that, that same confidence that yes. she had? No, it's great. I, I often... When I'm involved in a in, in a memorial services, believers and unbeliever alike, you know, I I always ask the family for permission to use this phrase, and I'll, I say something along the lines of, "If so and so were here today, this is what she would want you to know." Yeah. And because if if it's if the person in front of me is a believer, then she has a hev- heavenly hope. If a person before me was an unbeliever, then they understand just like it was in um, with with Abraham in Abraham's bosom with the rich man and Lazarus like mm-hmm. in torment what was happening with the rich man he was crying out to send a messenger to his brothers he knows now and and so yeah cuz that she had a me voice. Out my friend was asking me to to help her she's like she's like yeah she says i i feel that i need to speak and speak on that too she's like but i'm going to have to write it down cuz she hasn't yes. she doesn't speak like in front of people she's like i'm going to have to write oh, yeah. it down and she asked me to help her. So I said, yes. yeah, I said, I'll help you with whatever you need. It's hard. Well, good. Well, call us back and let us know how it goes. Okay. Thank you, Pastor Ed. God bless you. Thank you, Liz. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, we're going to go right on to line number one is Jeff in Parker, Colorado. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Ed. Thank you for taking my call. You're uh, welcome. Yeah, so um just got uh, a lot of things going on. I've just been under a lot of uh a lot of trials and a lot of uh things just you know, within the this whole past year. Um my father's been through in and out of multiple hospital situations. Um he's uh, again back in the hospital with uh 
some uh, some medical issues. Uh, my mother is is not doing well. Um, she's basically my father is in an, uh, an assisted living uh, facility, and my mother is in in their house uh, basically by herself. She's been there for like the last I don't know like six eight months something like that. But um, just have uh, reason to believe that my mom is also kind of going through some serious dementia. Uh, medical issues. She's uh, kind of fighting, fighting uh, me and my wife as far as getting her into see her doctor and uh, you know kind of get a physical and stuff. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, well, I'll do that, I'll do that, and she never does. Um, but uh, just uh, kind of got that thing kind of going on. So kind of want a prayer request on trying to hopefully having the Lord um, direct my mother into kind of. Uh, you know, seeking help and and try to to uh, she's uh, just she's she's had a lot of uh, UTIs and and she's just got yes. some medical issues herself. Um, but uh, that's you know just want the, the prayer from the Lord to try to help her and, and guide her into to uh, getting better and um, kind of going through some other issues uh, myself, um, having uh, a lot of. Um, trials as far as my job, um, not liking my job situation right now. And uh, I've had uh, uh, tried to um, get into uh, my own business. I uh, want to try to do kind of a handyman thing, um, you know, nothing nothing critical. You know, I'm not talking about doing basement remodels or anything like that, but just, just kind of general helping people with, you know, just light fixings and stuff like that. Um, yes. So it's kind of been a uh, a wish of my of, of for myself, and you know, try to to balance my um, personal life and, and work life. It's just work has just been so crazy. Um, yeah. So just uh, okay. Let's pray, brother. To, yeah, Father, I pray for my brother as he goes through a list of um, really heavy trials right now, very difficult, and that God, you would lead him and guide him as as decisions need to be made. And even as I was talking with that sister today uh, via email, um, I know that um, she's going through the same thing with her mom, and so I lift her up to you. Uh, just some challenging things as parents are getting older and, and resistant, and, and, and it's hard, God. It's just very difficult. So I pray for her. Uh, I pray, God, for my brother as he ministers and he serves, and that, that Lord, you would... Um, you would strengthen and um, and you would help and and you would grow my brother in faith and I pray you'd open doors for him with the stress at his work and that there might be a, a sense of uh, launching out to to start something Lord that you would give him a few jobs or just a few indications that this is your will and open some doors for him but establish him Lord I hear in his voice he's he's defeated um, he's down. And I pray that you would be an encouragement to him, that you would teach him, like David, how to encourage himself in the Lord. Even as he takes this phone call and says, I, I want to pray with somebody, I want to talk to somebody. And so, God, would you just encourage him today and answer our prayers? We know that you hear us. So we ask for you to be, we ask for your answer to come and to come swiftly in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, um, brother. Bumps. So, just one other thing. Um, I've uh, been kind of uh, started um, seeing a counselor. 
Um, yes. Is that, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if he's a, a biblical counselor or anything, but I saw him once and just kind of had a really good rapport with him. And um, do you think that's a, a, a wise decision? Or um, I'm not really involved in a church or anything like that, but uh, um, so I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to find some somebody to talk to about these, you know, these things and, and trying to get some guidance. Um, do you think that would, uh, is that uh, is something that God would honor, or is, you know, just trying to trying to find some direction? Well, God would definitely, he, God is for you, and so being, God being for you, uh, he's going to want you to be solid and strong, and speaking to someone, to a trained person, is is definitely better than not speaking to them. However, I do think there are some better things you can do that will get you the kind of knowledge that you need because you're real vulnerable right now. And the last thing you need is someone that's going to give you advice that isn't from God uh, because you'll take it. You know, you, when, you get, when we get into desperate situations, we'll take the advice that we're given even if it's not necessarily from the Bible. And what I mean by that is not like every piece of advice is a scripture verse, but, you know, the world has a way of handling things, and God has a way of handling things, and we don't want to mix them up. And so what I would suggest you do before you pay for another visit is, are you in the south end of Parker, or are you in the north end of Parker? Um, yeah, kind of, uh, I would say more the, kind of more the north end, I would say. Okay, so my um, friend, my friend pastors a church on right next to the Treads uh, bicycle shop on Main Street by the old post office. Yes, I know where that's at. Yep. It's Calvary Chapel Parker, and Pastor Jason is there. Um, uh-huh. I would suggest that you give them a call and ask to meet either with Pastor Jason or one of his elders, one of his assistants, uh-huh. and yeah. start there because being disconnected from a church family puts you at an even greater vulnerable place because the Bible tells us not to neglect that. And you were meant for community. You were created for community. You were saved to be a part of a fellowship family. And and I know Jason personally, and I know that he will um, take care of you biblically and carefully, and, and there'll be no charge for it either. Like, it'll be freely we receive, freely we give. And, and I do know if you take those kind of steps, you're going to see almost immediate improvement. All right. And I, I just, good. I just, I just know that you're so vulnerable right now, and and I know there are good counselors. That's not the issue, and and I know that there are good uh, counselors that that know how to give good advice. That, that's not the issue. But for the believer, the advice that we want is God's advice. And if we go to a secular counselor that's been trained in humanistic psychology, then they're just going to go after behavior modifications, and they're just right. going to change the way you behave and. And that's yeah. not what you need. You need a heart change. You need God to speak to you. You need to be reminded of his hope. You need to be reminded of his strength. You need to be in the Bible as you see people like Joseph delivered out of the pit. And you see Daniel protected by the lions. And like the whole overarching uh, true story of God is his deliverance and strength and his grace that will get you through these challenges. Yep. Yep. Amen. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. Call us back in a few weeks and tell us, let's pick it up where you are in a couple weeks, okay? All right. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Bye-bye. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number 
303-690-3000. We're going to go to line two with Luke in Lakewood, Colorado. Luke, welcome to the program. Hey, uh, thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for doing your best to answer all these questions. <laughs> You're welcome. May the Lord help me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of questions out there. Um, so my question pertains a little bit to dating. So I'm, I've been taking a new approach to life over the past few years. Uh, I've gotten sober and recommitted my sexual integrity to God as well, and um, started dating uh, God's way. And uh, it's been incredible, you know. It's it's so much uh, better doing it His way. And uh, there's just been a couple times that I've come across things that I, I guess I just question whether it's a red flag or not. Um, so my question would be, uh, if if you were dating somebody and they brought it to your attention that um, um, there is certain parts of the Bible that they they didn't believe were true, and me as a believer, you know, I, uh, you know, I believe that the whole word of God is true because God is truth. Yes. Um, would that be a big red flag to you? Uh, I mean, I recently just asked a girl to step back into just a friendship because of that, and I don't know if that's just me being chicken and, you know, not giving <laughs> her room to grow, or sure. if that's actually something uh, to really be cautious about. Well, you sound young enough to be my son, so I'll, I'll answer this like you were my son, uh-huh. and you came to uh-huh. me. And, and so I would say this. I would say, um, yes, it is a red flag. Uh, it's, a, it's a glaring red flag. However, we don't need to overreact right away. And, and so I've taught my children to have long relationships before engagement, before marriage. Um, and, and longer, the better. I mean, I don't think you have to prolong for 10 years or something, but what, something that's called courtship, where you're developing friendships, you're getting to know one another. And, and if you guys are talking about the things of God, and she doesn't believe in the Bible, oh, you bet that's a red flag, but then it opens the door to talk about it. Why don't you believe in the Bible? Is is there evidence that you need? Um, are you just a person that isn't going to trust the Bible? You know, if we get married, I have to marry a believer, and, and, and a believer, you know, what parts of the Bible don't you understand? That'll tell you a lot of, or don't believe, because I'd also tell you a lot about her. Well, I don't believe Genesis 1-1 where it says in the beginning God created. Well, but that's, a, that's, that's serious. That's a serious one. Um, or she might say, well, I have some trouble with some of the things in Leviticus. Okay, well, we all have trouble in things in Leviticus. So you've got to determine where she is. Um, and when I mean we all have trouble, it doesn't mean I don't believe it. It just means, wow, it's interesting. You've got to understand what the, uh, what the Old Testament means in the Old Covenant. Um, and it could be a lack of understanding on her part. So... You, you don't you definitely don't want to yoke together in a permanent uh, forever marriage with someone that doesn't believe parts of the Bible and and then just decides to dismiss things that they don't like okay um, well I don't know if this would help at all but I I'm 35 um, and okay so, so then I can't be your dad but pretty close because I did have a child <laughs> well, at 18 uh, but pretty close my son would have well, been yeah. Um, 32 this and, uh, year, so I would have had a 32-year-old son this year uh, oh. in November, so pretty close. Wow. Um, so I guess I, 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 I hear what you're saying. Uh, I, I totally believe in, especially after this incident, just 
getting to be friends with a girl. Um, uh, at the same time, I guess I feel like my clock's ticking a little bit, but that's true. But yeah, um, and maybe just to give you a little bit more of an idea where she was at. I mean, I met her at Celebrate Recovery, Christ-centered recovery. Okay. She goes to church, but I guess she used to be in a, a homosexual relationship, and it didn't work out for okay. her. She decided she wanted kids, and and she said, "Well, I still think it's okay for women to get married." And I was like, "I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Bible spells it out." in black and white, not only in the Old Testament, but the New Testament. Like, I don't know how you could misinterpret that. I think it's just, like, blatantly just saying that, no, God's not, God's wrong. So, well, I think you have two, two significant issues with that. Number one is her uh, significant uh, reading into the text of the Bible instead of letting the Bible clearly uh, delineate homosexual uh, um, sex as sin. You know, that lifestyle is sinful. Uh, number one. But number two, I don't know if you've considered this or not, but with that viewpoint that she has, she has a different definition of marriage than you do. Um, and that, yeah, I didn't really that, think of that. That will be extremely significant to you. And because you want you want to marry, I mean, on, a, on the very base foundation, you want to marry someone that believes what marriage truly is and allows God to define it, not redefine it, because of her past emotional relationships that she's had instead of okay. declaring it what it is. So I think that's, a, that's pretty significant, but it's not worth just um, cutting her off and, and letting her go. You, you're, you're a friend to her. So you'll, you'll always be a friend. That's why that's what, another thing I told my kids. I mean, you can't have enough friends of the opposite sex uh, just because you're not going to pursue marriage. Doesn't mean you're not a friend anymore and that you, you don't want to lose that, that connection in their life. Uh, that God has given you to be to still be their friend. Oh, absolutely! I, I told her. I made sure I told her that um, I want to continue to learn how to love her as a friend because I have a, a lot to learn. I'm I'm not the best listener. Yada yada yada. Like the list goes on and on. And so, yeah, I definitely made sure that um, she was okay with just you know pursuing her friendship. Yes. Well, great question, my brother. Thanks for calling. Oh, no, we dropped you. Or your cell phone company dropped you. Sorry, bro. 303-690-3000. We're going to go to line one, Elizabeth in Greeley, Colorado. Elizabeth, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Pastor. Hi. Um, hope everything is well for you and your family. And, Thank you. And uh, the reason of my call is because I have a question, and I've been debating on this question a lot. Um, I've been asked this question several times. Um, my friends and I have also debated on the question. And the question in this case, can a Christian lose salvation? And the reason why I'm asking this question is because I think that there is certain things that you can do that you might, um, you might lose it, even though you became a Christian, you accepted yes. Jesus. Um, yes. Usually, and I've explained it as my point of view, is you became a Christian and you decided to accept Christ, but you need to make changes in your life. And if, as a Christian, you keep on sinning and in reality not changing, I'm thinking that God will at some point say, well, well what's going on? And why should you be... Um, 
saved if you're not changing anything about you. Okay, so the question, the question of whether a person can lose or forfeit their salvation is one of those questions that's highly debated, and it falls into two categories, of course, as you know in your discussions, yes or no. And I always like to to ask the follow-up question, is, is salvation temporary or eternal? The way I understand it, salvation is eternal, but at the same way, when uh, rephrasing and going back to the Bible, um, yeah. when he, when Jesus goes and says, um, women, uh, where are your accusers? accusers? Yes. Um, yeah. uh, and he doesn't accuse her and says, go and sin no more. It means yes. you need to make that change. You cannot sure. be sinning over and over and automatically right. assume you're still saved. Well, but 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 here's the problem when we're when we're talking about these things, we we have to take them in order, uh, and and so we need to take them in order. And the first part of the question has to be, what is the origin of salvation? Because if salvation is eternal, and once you're born again, is there any way that you can be unborn again? And there's no evidence of that in the scriptures. Okay. Also, the when you think of when you think of John chapter six, Jesus says, "No one will snatch you out of my Father's hands." Paul says in Romans, uh, "Nothing will uh, nothing will take you out of the Father's love." You like I believe that a true believer uh, will will be saved all the way until they meet Jesus Christ. So the question remains. So I believe you. I believe that answer to that question is that no, a true believer will not lose their salvation. They will not go in and out and in and out of salvation over and over again, um, number one. So number two, when it comes to actions, like you're describing, if I see a person living in rank rebellious sin, I'm going to challenge them of whether they're saved or not. I'm going to ask them because the evidences of a saved person is not the kind of behavior that you describe. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not. So when I, you know, if you, if somebody's living like the devil, then I'd be, con- I'm concerned for them and I'd evangelize them. You know, if somebody's, somebody says they're a believer, then I'm going to treat them like a believer and hold them accountable to the biblical mandate of being a believer. And if they say they're a believer and they're living like the world, I'm going to challenge them whether they're saved or not. And, and then of course there's that group of people that are backslidden that, uh, are believers making really bad choices, and I'm going to challenge them too. But I don't believe that because of a person's bad behavior that they just they were born again, and then they decide, I don't want to be born again, and then three weeks later, I want to be born again again, and I don't want to be... I don't believe that's the relationship that God allows. I believe that a, a person that's truly born again will demonstrate that through the through the changed life, like you said, through the changed life and... This woman, living under the Old Covenant, of course, but this woman that you reference uh, was a believer in God committing adultery. Mm-hmm. And what does Jesus say? Jesus say it doesn't invite her to be born again or invite her to renew her covenant. She, he gives her the, the statement, don't do this anymore. So I think you have a, an example of a woman that was committing sin as a follower of God. You know, it's the old covenant, of course, but she was sinning as a follower of God, and the instruction that Jesus gave her was, don't do that anymore. It wasn't an instruction of, 
okay, you just you lost your salvation while you were doing it, so now come back. She, my, she, my, my question is more like, in, probably maybe I should explain it more well. Um, if the sinner keeps on repeating the sin or sins over and over and over, um, I know that they will be held accountable for everything they, or we're going to be held accountable for everything we do, especially because I don't think that someone can say, or do something, and later on said, okay, I regret it. But then they keep on doing it all over again, and sure. and over and over and over. Let's talk about the same type of sin. So that's well, why I'm a little th- more confused. Well, I don't think you need to be confused, because... Um, because the good news is is that salvation, the, someone's salvation doesn't depend on you or me. And so mm-hmm. if we just stick to what the Bible says and point a person in sin to repentance and point a believer to holiness and godliness, relying upon the fullness and the sufficient grace of God, then we can keep salvation in the realm where it remains, and that is uh, the off- author and the finisher of our faith. But we're coming up on the end of our show, so call back um, next week and we can continue the conversation with a little bit more time. Thank you. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. Hope you have a great night in the Lord. Pray for us. we got a big day. Pastors, training, everything tomorrow at Calvary Aurora, so pray for us. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.